In a world filled with sharks, bears, and killer bees, one man is brave enough to stay indoors to bring you the latest in gaming, movie, and pop culture news. That man is Tom Awesome, and this is the Outside is Overrated podcast. Hello and welcome to OIO New Game Plus. I'm your host, Tom Sidlachik, and joining me today are Hobbybox Joe Burns. Hey-o. And Dr. C. Casey Helene. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show, guys. For those of you who are listening, you may notice that this podcast came up in your Outside is Overrated feed. First off, thank you very much for subscribing. OIO New Game Plus is going to talk about a new video game release every month. We should be in your feed sometime around the middle of the month. So far, we're two for two. Woo! This show is a part of Outside is Overrated, but we are going to release it as a standalone segment as a separate item in your feed each month. We are doing this show segment specifically because we hit our goal on Patreon of raising $125 per month. If you enjoy this segment, please consider backing us on Patreon. This month, we played The Medium by Bloober Team. In this game, you play as a medium in 1990s Poland with the ability to inhabit both the material and spirit worlds. After a brief opening when you learn about the protagonist's powers, you are summoned to a haunted hotel. From there, you unravel a mystery of what happened at that resort, the meaning behind the main character's recurring nightmare, and you try to help assorted spirits pass on to the next world. We're going to have a spoiler-free discussion here, so uh, we're going to do our best not to ruin any aspects of this horror-themed adventure game. Let's start with our initial impressions. What were your thoughts on the setting and the mechanics in the opening hours, Joey? Yeah, so I, I was surprised that it was as much of an adventure game as it was. Uh, I just from knowing like Bloober Team is known for the their first game was Layers of Fear. Their first big game was Layers of Fear. And the other one was uh, the Blair Witch themed game for Xbox. And so it was like this. They were both like very heavily horror infused. And so this being like an adventure game, very similar to like Tell Me Why in some instances with like moving around sort of static environments and exploring to find different pieces of things uh, was I wasn't really expecting that. Um Quick question, maybe I'm an idiot, but what's the difference between a standard horror game and an adventure game? So, I, I, well, I guess, so from what I saw of Blair Witch, it was like first person. And, and a lot of horror games tend to be in for, first person because then it's like you're right there. The jump scares are in your face. You're kind of living through that that like environment that way. When you're in this displaced third person, the like Resident Evil is also a survival horror, but usually you're like right over the shoulder. Um, so you're still really in it and the stuff is there in this game. You're very displaced from the character model. And sometimes you're behind them. Sometimes you're in front of them. You're more so a like camera in the environment overseeing everything. And it's like that extra level of displacement so that there still were some like freaky moments, um, maybe some jump scares here or there, but nothing nearly as much as if you were like first person in Marianne's spot. So I think that's one of the things that changes it. Uh, a little bit, which is which is interesting. Yeah, I uh, I counted two jump scares in the game. I expected it to be a lot scarier than it was. Like I didn't, I thought it was going to be a full on horror experience, which kind of excited me and kind of freaked me out because I haven't really played a horror game since like the original Resident Evil. Yeah, it was it was creepy, um, but I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have actually said it was like horror at all, which I which 
Yeah, it was a little surprising to me too, given the the company's pedigree. And it's also interesting seeing as how like they have a little blurb at the end of the game where they're talking about this was like a passion project for them, something that they've been wanting to do the entire time they've been making video games, which is just really interesting because it's very different from the other things that they've made. And probably because there's lots of talk of them working on another like big franchise, kind of like Blair Witch horror game, like a big IP horror series. Like that's their next game. So it's like they're going right back to that other well, which so I think that's interesting. Uh specifically to this game though, I think the the first scenes serve as a really good hook to get you into the game. You're you're with Marianne kind of at a very personal and emotional time. And it really does a good job of buying you into her as a character and serves as like a seamless kind of transition into how her powers work and what her powers purpose are. Uh, and how she views them and how she uses them um, in this very personal way at the beginning of the game. So I thought that was really cool, and it really drew me into it. And I, I think all three of us were very high on the game, especially early on. Yeah, I agree. That very first section before you get to the haunted hotel, like that is the most polished part of the game. The most, uh, like it's the part that makes the most sense. I they must have used that for all their demos, and that must have been like what got the rest of this game funded because that was <laughs> the most coherent. part of this entire game but i'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself casey what were your initial impressions of both the early gameplay and the mechanics in the game i thought they were pretty great um like you guys i texted you after the first three hour window that i had and was like oh my gosh this game is awesome um you know one thing that i made sure to do is i played it with the lights off so i could get the the full effect i played with headphones on so i can get all the whispers and everything like that for that maximum spooky factor uh initially i think the mechanics took some getting used to um controls were a little bit wonky and the camera and and things like that took some getting used to which we'll talk about later but uh you know the developers seem to go for that like cinematic approach uh, with the cameras versus that more user-friendly movement um so that's why i took took a little getting used to there um and yeah i didn't didn't really bother me at first because it, it lent to that that overall horror aspect of the game. Um, There's so much foreshadowing while, in this segment. Yeah. Yeah. After a while, it, it did get kind of annoying, though. <laughs> yeah, early on, the game had a great creep factor. Like, in the first third of the game, I would say, like, it's very creepy and weird, and the atmosphere was just great. And they did a really cool thing, which I'm sure was just a technological marvel, but they would use occasionally a split screen. <clears throat> Excuse me where you would see Marianne, I swear to God, at some point in the show, I'm going to call her Jesse because you reminded me so much of Jesse Faden from Control. So if I, I, I thought that too from a character model perspective. And I haven't even really played Control, so I thought that's funny. That's yeah. funny. So if I accidentally call her Jesse, that's why. But they do a cool thing with Marianne where when she has an encounter that ties her to the spirit world, they will split the screen. So half the screen, the left side is Marianne in the physical world interacting with whatever she's interacting with. And on the right side is Marianne interacting in the spirit world. And like her character model is doing the same thing, but it could be picking up something in the spirit world. And it looks like she's just flailing about weirdly in the material world. I thought, I mean, it didn't ultimately do a lot in gameplay, but it was a cool thing that they did and stylistically really set this game apart. Yeah, and I do think that goes into like some of the the mechanics of the game um, a little bit and and how you can do certain things in the one environment but not the other and you have to do you have to do some things in the uh, 
I don't know. I kept calling it dream environment, but I, I the the ghost environment, whatever it's called, I can't even remember what they called it. Um, you can only do certain things there, uh, and that unlocks things in the real world and vice versa, uh, which I thought was interesting too. Yeah, it was an interesting mechanic. That was one of the two things I had to look up. You had to do something in the spirit world, and I forgot that you could have out of body experiences. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I thought of, that was a really. Oops, sorry, I, I thought the mechanic was really cool too. Um, and I has there ever been? I can't remember. Has there ever been any other game like that where you've had the two worlds at the same time, double rendering like that? Like it seems like it's something that's kind of fairly new. I don't play a whole lot of PC games, but I know something like that takes so much power in your PC, which is why this game, you can't even play it on Xbox One or, or any of the older versions because it just doesn't have enough CPU power to, to, to do that. That's uh, Let's stop right there for a second. That's really interesting that they made that choice. Like They had the wisdom to not run it on consoles that couldn't technically handle it. Like, CD Projekt Red, what are you doing? Why did you put <laughs> Cyberpunk out on the PS4 and the Xbox One? Like, Bloober Team got it figured out. Like, you probably have a million people working for you, Red. <clears throat> Why did yeah, you do that? The, those Polish developers just don't talk to each other, apparently. Apparently. Is Bloober Team also Polish? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're from Poland. They're like the number two biggest developer in Poland kind of thing. Well, interesting. <laughs> that explains a lot about the setting. Uh, yes. One, one thing that I picked up on early on that was actually one of my favorite aspects of the game, and Casey kind of alluded to it, but the camera work is just phenomenal in this game. It gives it such a... I thought it was almost a voyeuristic feel, the way that the camera would be positioned sometimes it'd be bouncy sometimes it'd be following you like i just i thought they did such a good job with the camera that's not something i normally notice in games yeah i would agree too and i think it's i think it it really showed itself um so like like casey was saying it, it was clunky from like a control standpoint because you're so used to being kind of anchored to that person but I think it made up for it, like you were talking about when you're interacting with certain things in one scene, like in the cutscenes especially, you'll be talking to a ghost character and you're seeing Marianne in both worlds do both things, which so it's like if you were walking around there, if she wasn't in an abandoned area, you'd be like, she's a freaking crazy person <laughs> just talking to nobody kind of thing. Uh, but I think that was really cool. And, it, and every time the camera would be at a slightly different perspective in each one so you're seeing a different part of marianne um in each world while she's having that interaction which i thought was really cool uh, and it was a really neat way to kind of see you're almost getting more of a viewpoint of a scene than you would actually get in real life um which i, th I thought was neat it's, it's a really neat idea yeah i uh thought it was it was clunky like you said in the gameplay aspect but it really added to that horror feel of the game um like where with a third person view where like most of the time if you're walking forward the camera's going to be behind you and, and you know for the first person view but like there were certain aspects of this t game where you'd be like walking down a tunnel and you had to retrace your steps as you're coming backwards or a tunnel or a hallway um the camera is actually facing you so you're walking toward the camera which was really kind of spooky where you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, is something going to jump out on me? Is, am I going to have something happen here? Um, which I thought was really, really kind of neat added to the game. I also think it was really neat in some of the scenes where you're walking kind of down this sort of shaded corridor. And then all of a sudden, like what you're walking towards just instantly shoots away from you. 
Like, I thought that was neat the first couple of times they did it. After a while, you're just like, okay, you're going to do this to me again kind of thing. But I thought it was really cool looking the way they did that, um, which is some things that, that have been done in horror movies to some extent. Uh, so it kind of led to that kind of uneasy feeling and sort of, you know, you're just like, okay, well, we're delving deeper into this, delving deeper into this. I thought that was pretty neat. As this conversation goes on, I'm going to get progressively more negative about this game. <laughs> we all will, I think. <laughs> but the atmosphere was really good throughout. Like, even when I was at my lowest points with this game, I still wanted to see what was happening next, and I still loved the creep factor in it. But again, getting ahead of myself a little bit, the core gameplay loop of this game consists of finding items and environments, finding collectibles, and solving puzzles. How do we feel about the core mechanics and how they're executed? Joey, I'm going to start with you here because I think you have an interesting point. So, I, like the, so like the puzzles, I think are good. Uh, I, I enjoyed like the majority of the puzzles that I had to do, but the pacing is atrocious in this game. Um, like I don't, and, and I was trying to put my finger on exactly what it is uh, th- that made it that way, but it, there's just certain times where it's like. You're getting information, you're you're finding out new things, and then it's, I've got to walk slowly through this massive area, and I, and, it, and it's just, this, I'm like doing nothing, and even if I do the really weird, awkward-ass jog as Marianne that she does, like, you're still going pretty slowly through this environment, and there's times where you have to, like, traverse a pretty long pathway, and maybe if they made things more creepy in the environment that you're like, that would be okay. But half the time it's not half the time. You're really just trying to walk around this area. Uh, one of the other things that I think really like stunk is, uh, and, and, and I'm trying to think of the words that I put here for this. Oh yeah. So the, the, the areas were experientially lopsided is the term I came up for it. So you'll run into one area. So there was like the artist's office area. There is like five bits of lore, a couple other collectibles. There's all these weird things. There's this weird puzzle that you got to figure out to like slowly open these doors. You have to like balance between the spirit world and the real world to do different things. You have to do an out of body experience at one point in order to unlock something. There's just all this stuff going on and it's in a small area and it seems really interesting because you're unlocking all this stuff. But then you get to this huge area, this pool, and you're like this like like derelict pool that's abandoned and there's water running because the, the, the ceiling's caved in. And you're like, oh, this is a cool looking environment. What am I going to find here? And there is absolutely nothing there. Like you wander the entire pool because you're like, oh, I'm going to find all this stuff here. There's like two little things that you find and that's it. And it's like, why are you making me walk through this huge environment and spend all this time here thinking there's going to be something here? And really it's just to get down the other end of this hallway to also find nothing. And finally you find a room that has something in it. And then you get like, Oh, here's a lore dump. Something bad happened to this person. And then, Oh, well now you got to walk your way all the way back up to this other area slowly, slowly. And it's just like, it's experientially lopsided. There's some really good stuff in certain places. And then it's just a slog to get through other things. And so I think that's where the game really started to lose its way a little bit is as it opened up more and more, some of the stuff was really cool to go through and other things were just 
dog crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that pool was really rough and so much time just wandering around. It's uh I found myself thinking of uh tell me why quite a bit when I was playing this because a similar game where you're walking around environments finding little pieces of lore and then interacting and just the pacing in that game felt nearly flawless and oh that pool area it was rough yeah. and the pool was well and, and it, oh go ahead i was gonna say well and if you look at it like the one thing tell me why i tended to have was you had another character with you to talk to you and to do things with you maybe if marianne has that other character there less sporadically and a little bit more of the time, or you're getting more of these like psychological things from what happened in this place before, as you're experiencing it, like that helps to add to what you're doing and, and maybe makes you feel more unsettled because you're seeing all these other things that happened. And maybe these remnants of things that have been here after all this horror, horrific stuff occurred. Um, but then like, even to get those, like those little slivers, those echoes, um, like you have to stop, you have to focus on it and hold down a button and really stare at it. And then it'll give you some disembodied voice. You have no idea who it is, what they're saying. And then, okay, I'll listen to this again. Okay. I think someone got stabbed here. This was a detective saying, Oh, I think it was a nurse. Oh, and it's like, okay, well, I guess that was important. Uh, let's go find another thing that I can turn around until I find the little thing to stare at. <laughs> So, so yeah, some of that stuff just like just took too long to to get that stuff, and I think there might have been ways to integrate it in more, so you got those echoes, and it was more interesting. I don't know. Yeah, maybe if the story of the characters were better, we agree that we agree <coughs> that we agree that pacing was a bit of a problem. Casey, what did you think of the puzzles in the game? Um, I think they were, they were just okay. Some of them were. Not so great. Some of them were actually pretty fun. Um, you know, I especially enjoyed uh, where you kind of explore your childhood home and you had to move a, a mirror around um, at, at different levels of a of little dollhouse, which this isn't going to spoil anything. So, uh, but um, like that one was was really fun for me. But then, yeah, some of them were just like like Joey just hit the nail on the head, where it was like what's the point of this? Like, why are you making me do this over and over and over again? This could have been cut in half. It could have been cut completely. And that's one of my main things. Like, well, I think get touched on later is this, the game in the end just ended up feeling like it was way too long for me. And like certain aspects could have been cut out. And a lot of it was just kind of that endless trudging through, through things to unlock certain keys. And that, that pool area, the whole point of the pool area was to find these, is to get these bolt cutters and the bolt cutters, they are super important, but it also didn't need to take two hours to get. The yes. Bolt yes. And, and that's, that's the crazy thing <laughs> when a nine hour game is too long, like something didn't work right. Right. Yeah. That's so crazy, but it's true. Like that's my feeling of the game too. I thought it was satisfying enough to solve the puzzles. Like they were fun. Uh, the one that Casey mentioned is towards the end of the game. And that is definitely the, uh, the highlight of probably the entire game for me. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have to look anything up? I had to look up two things. I mentioned the one, it was uh, like I forgot that you could do out-of-body experiences to unlock different areas you couldn't get to in the physical world. I also had to look up one. They try to intentionally mislead you with finding a code for a door. And uh, like at that point in the game, I oh. just had enough. And I'm like, whatever, Google, what's the Jimmy <laughs> code? Other than that, I was able to figure everything else out. I, Go ahead. I also, I also had to look up two things. Um, and it's funny, I, I, I had to look up 
basically the same spot you were at to, in the in the well no never mind because you, you said that was out of the uh the outer body thing that you forgot how to do uh i forgot <laughs> that i could actually like as your mary ann um use her power to like see behind objects <laughs> so i forgot that that there's one 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 certain room where you have to look uh, in a in a spot and actually move something so i i forgot all about that felt did, pretty dumb afterwards did you and then the other one was did you go through this sorry, entire game without using insight because i oh i used it quite a, I, I basically held down left bumper the entire game <laughs> um i used i used it a lot um i didn't didn't do that <laughs> but <laughs> the the other one that i had to look up was was also the code and like Honestly, I have no idea how anybody would figure that out. Well, like, very... I don't know if you did it, Joey, or not. But like, I mean, after after I looked up, you did. Okay, I'm like, I did. How the hell? Was well, so... know? Like, and it was the same thing as you, though, Tom. Like, it was after a four hour session. I was like, "F yeah. it." I've run back and forth and back and forth in this goddamn basement, and I could not figure it out. So, did you use insight on the keypad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you saw like three of the numbers and you just had to figure out what combination to get the four numbers out of it. Oh, so that must oh, have been the one I place I didn't use insight. I used insight on the keypad. It didn't show me anything. Yeah, so if you use insight on the keypad, it highlights three of the numbers. Hmm. One, six, and nine. Yeah. And then you basically just, I remembered I one of the things I had seen had like numbers on it. So I started looking at that and then was able to piece together that it was, you know, the, you know, yeah, piece together what it was. Yeah, that one took I, me a while. I was close I, to looking I swear, it up. No, I spent probably 15 minutes trying to figure the dang thing out by myself because I tried to not do it. And I know I used insight on the keypad, not just once. I used it multiple times. And <laughs> I swear to God, nothing popped on that thing. Then, like you said, I, I, I found like the one thing that had the numbers on it. And I plugged in, got every possible combination of numbers that I possibly could have. And then finally I was like, F it. <laughs> Google it up. And then I was like, you gotta be kidding me. That's the code. Like how the hell do you figure that out? I mean, I, I could explain it, hard. but, we, but yeah, I, well, <laughs> it, it, it takes a little bit because you have to figure out like they got the gift and it was the 10 year anniversary. So you figure out, okay, it doesn't have the number that's on the receipt. So you have to actually look at, Oh, what was 10 years from that? And then it's that. There's math involved, people. If you play this game, know that you have to <laughs> subtract a certain number from another number, okay? I'm, I'm going to help you out so you don't have to Google it and spend 15 minutes exploring it. It's 1966. <laughs> it's 1966. There you go. <laughs> Way to spoil everything in the game. Bernsey, did you have to look anything up or did you figure everything out? I was able to figure everything out. I got close at that that last part because I'd looked at everything and I'd tried the numbers that I thought made sense. Um, and then I had that one last idea and that's what... Well, because I, I figured that out. I started to try to figure that... Because there was another number that I remember hearing. So I was like, oh, I'm going to try that number. It didn't do that. And then I was like, oh, I found that number on that receipt. So I tried that number and it didn't work. And so then I like used the insight on the keypad. I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, it's these numbers. So how do they get to the six? And, and yeah, then that's how it kind of got to there. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. That's enough time talking about a GD door code. <laughs> uh, one of the mechanics that I felt was kind of lacking in the game was you only get two tools in the entire game. After you kind of open a bunch of doors with a scalpel, I wonder why they didn't just give it to you at the beginning of the game. And then, like, you mentioned the bolt cutters, Casey, and those are, like, the only tools you acquire throughout the entire game. It's like, just give them to me at the beginning and let me get through all the doors. 
Or, yeah, just don't have the every single stinking door bolted and for some reason, like, every hallway and the spirit will blocked off with these weird-ass skins. <laughs> you know, like, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I don't know, it was just a really odd thing because, like, every single time you went through it, it, it didn't really... There wasn't a save point at that point in time. Some of the times there was some some stuff behind them, but like a lot of it was just a pain in the ass, like having to cut through all that stuff. Every time I did that, I was just like, I'm channeling my inner Ramsey Bolton, just just flaying <laughs> through the skin. So, <laughs> uh, Joey, do you feel like you made an adequate point about the balancing with the spirit world? Yeah, I think I so I think that was a high point of the game, like like figuring out when you had to use the different pieces of that, and some of the puzzles. It's like you're you had to do like kind of use both things a little bit. Um, they maybe could have went farther with it uh, and really played it up more. Um, I don't know. It's like it feels like the game was trying to say they really want to do a sequel of some sort. It might not be exactly the same, but it's going to be something continuing on the story of this world. So maybe I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that would be interesting or not, but I, I, so I, I thought it was an interesting, I thought it was interesting. I think they could have done more with some of the puzzles to make them a little bit more elaborate where you had to do both, both worlds or both, both people. I agree. Both versions. I agree. And the way you get into the spirit world is by jumping into a mirror. And so there are just mirrors in all the most ridiculous places in Poland. There's like a thousand mirrors in like this <laughs> destroyed resort. You don't, you didn't have random mirrors in your hallways, Tom. Just like up oh, mirror. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, turn a corner up oh, mirror. The side of my PC is kind of reflective. Uh, spirit world. You can jump through it. <laughs> nope, yep. I can't. I tried. Well, hey, maybe you just aren't in tune with that side of your medium yet, Tom. True and that, that side's just sitting here like, let me out, let me out. <laughs> out is overrated, Joey. So <laughs> besides those basic mechanics, occasionally the game would mix things up with a chase scene or a stealth sequence. Were these diversions refreshing? Did they add to the experience for you? Looking at you, Casey. Uh, for, uh, for, 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 for me, they actually did. Um, those were actually some of the parts of the game that I enjoyed the most. Um, they like, you know, after slogging through two hours of exploring a pool area, they actually, you know, they get the adrenaline pumping a little bit. Um, you know, the, the controls and, and camera views and stuff, uh, made them a couple of them, especially challenging. Um, but you know, overall that part of the game, I did actually sort of enjoy. How about you Burns? I, I, I like the idea of them, but they 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 just didn't work like they were very clunky um the like the first one i remember it's like oh i've got to run away from this boss and i didn't know that i could run or move yet and so it's just like okay let's watch marianne get choked out and try again um exact same which, experience you know you get used to it certain yeah you get used to it certain points and like the stealth especially frustrated me because and maybe, maybe this was what they're aiming for to try to make you feel unsettled. Like, am I really hidden? But I could not tell if the stupid thing, which is like eight feet tall, like could see me behind this stack. And am I in the right spot in the stack? Can it see me? Can it not? And and so it's like, I, I there were there was an indicator to say where it was at and whether it was like alerted to you or not. But that even didn't necessarily seem to completely make sense all the time. <laughs> and so. 
I don't know. It's just like the stealth didn't give you enough of a cue that you were actually hidden at that point. And when you were visible, like some more shadows or something maybe would have helped with that. I don't know. So I think it was clunky. Oh, the implementation of the boss stuff in general, whether it was stealth or running away, was always clunky. I think considering or calling it clunky is rather kind. The first, <laughs> the first chase scene is where this game lost me. You spend a couple of hours ambling around the hotel, and then all of a sudden there's this big demon to run from. And what drove me crazy was the camera flips to a Temple of Doom aspect, and there's no room for error. So, like, exact same thing happened to me. Like, it it just ran up and it ate me. And it's like, oh, awesome. Games are fun. And so I tried it again. And then, like, you're running towards yourself, and, like, you can't tell where you're going, and there's moths of death everywhere, and then he catches you. And then it dumps you out into this room, and you can't really see. You can't change the camera at all. There's no time to think about it. And, like, it looks like there's moths straight ahead of you. It looks like there's moths to the left. It looks like there's moths to the right. And all moths moths equal death i died to the moths a couple of times which is super super it's like every power fantasy i've ever had death by moth death by spirit moths death. i mean they're, they're the worst you gotta you, you, be be very afraid of those when we get to the spirit world yeah. well, thank god that it is actually on the next gen system because if this thing was played on xbox one or ps4 with the incredibly slow load times every single time you die <laughs> I would have, I would have straight up killed yes. myself like playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, so okay, so I was playing on Xbox Series S. Were the load times fast on Series X or no? Yeah, they, I thought they were pretty quick. Mm. Okay, I wouldn't. I mean, they, they, like it was better than Doom a- Eternal on Xbox One, but worse than <laughs> Doom Eternal on Xbox Series X. So it wasn't. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't atrocious, but it all like it wasn't great. What bothered me is that you had to listen to the dialogue every single time again. So you die. It didn't start off like right away in the chase. You die, and then you get like minute of dialogue, and then you could go. Uh, you, <laughs> you end in me. <laughs> you end in me. It all ends in me, you noob. <laughs> so it, there's this horrible chase scene, and then it goes right into a stealth scene, and I'm like, oh god. This game is not for Tom. How how much longer do I have to play this? <laughs> Six hours, Tom. Six more hours. <sighs> that's that's the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough for me. And you guys both started playing after I did, and I didn't want to try to poison your experiences. So like, as it started going downhill for me, you guys were both like really into it. It's like, oh yeah, this atmosphere is cool, and yeah, I'm really into this game. And I'm like, oh man, I I hope it's a positive experience for you guys because that'll give us a wealth of like vantage points to discuss uh, another but it all it all came back to you tom like we all <laughs> diverged down to your pit of despair <laughs> it was fascinating to watch the last thing i want to just mention briefly about when they changed up the mechanics you do actually get to control another character in the spirit world and i didn't enjoy any of those adventures you guys are nodding your heads which plays well so, in an audio podcast so those no, so so I, I agree because those have that same problem that like the pool had because you're not going to get any massive amounts of lore while you're there. You get some, um, and, and it was really weird because it's like so the first time you're that character, you have this one mechanic to fight back at the environment. You would expect then the next time you play as that character, you have that plus another tool or something like that. Nope, you have to do something completely different. Um, and the timing on both of those was 
super finicky <laughs> as to whether you were going to accomplish it or not. And and yes, and, and those scenes, it was interesting. The setup for them were, were both really cool. And then it was like the actual doing the stuff when, when you were that character was so long and drawn out for no reason. And it was, it was, yeah, those spots as cool. And as much as they were like, yeah, we're going to, they're going to be, they're going to be like, I'm who now I'm this, this is crazy. And then it's just like, okay, I just want this to end. Let me get back to the real world and finish this up. So yeah, I agree with you, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I unfortunately also agree with you. Um, and I was going to touch on that later, but like, it's the, it's the same, like, yeah, I, same thing. Like, oh, sweet. You get to play as another character. What new powers do I get? Oh, they're pretty much the exact same. <laughs> um, uh, except you like hurt things instead of heal. Uh, but anywho, yeah, like some of his boards were the most frustrating. Actually, one of them was the most frustrating where it was just the same thing, even worse than the pool area where you're just constantly climbing stacks of demon books. I don't know what the hell they even were. <laughs> Uh, it, like it was just like press Y go up, press Y go up, walk across a narrow bridge, press Y go up, press Y go up, run through a corridor, have a weird wolf headed, I don't know what the hell it was, demon wolf thing crash you, and then do the same thing over and over yep. and over and over and over again until you get to the end, which again was like an hour later, right? Where it was just like, oh my god, kill me, because this is like. <laughs> It's just the same same thing, and it, like all of his boards interactions were like that. So yeah, Tom, it's Thomas's character was not very fun to play. Yeah, and we'll get into it even more later. Before we dive into characters and narrative, <laughs> let's talk about the setting a little bit. This game takes place in Poland. You'll find yourself briefly in an urban area before exploring the haunted hotel and World War II ruins. What were the highs and lows of the setting, Casey? Um. Well, sorry. Oh, that's fine. I can <laughs> you actually start over with that. I'll. No, we're not editing this, so that's in the annals for all time. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll start us off here. I thought it was an interesting choice, but I feel like they didn't do much with it. Like, apparently, World War II is really hard on Poland, and it turned average people into monsters. But I feel like it could have taken place in any time or region and been like exactly the same experience. All right, I found my show notes again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the setting, setting didn't do much for me either. Um, after after Niwa, the the hotel, everything was like, I was just super confusing. Um, even Marianne, like the main character, like <laughs> she she was even confused at times when she was exploring. Like after your childhood home, then you go down to the basement, and you end up being a bomb shelter which you know kind of makes sense in poland but then that bomb shelter turns into this giant underground pump house and it's like I, like there's just no way like any of that is is actually there it just made made zero sense the story ended up being just super discombobulated you're like where the hell am i now and then as you're flashing in and out of real world and and spirit world um it, it just made it yeah really really weird and and strange and and I mean, I kind of see why they why they did it, especially a development team from Poland. Like maybe they're a lot more used to some of that stuff than we are. But for me, it was just really, really confusing. Well, let's talk. Yeah, I, so like from a historical perspective, like Poland's really interesting because they 
were taken over by Nazi Germany, hugely oppressive regime, and they killed like millions of their people. Um, and then they get liberated by another, in a different way, oppressive regime and is dominated by that for 30 more years. And so like, I can, I can get why like Bluebird team being from Poland would, would want to kind of tell that story and show like how like the Polish people sort of survived both those waves of things. I think that they were so clunkily shoehorned in to every aspect of this. It's like, oh, okay, well now we need a secret Russian agent to be a part of this somehow. And then we need this one character to have been negatively affected by every bad regime in the world, apparently. Uh, and, and so we need to explain this too. And it's like, they had all these ideas of how this is going to be the perfect way that all this stuff comes together. And it just, none of it worked. It was just so confusing. And you're like, like, like we had over text so many times. It's like, so this guy was from, was a Nazi? And he's like, no, I think he was a secret uh, USSR agent. And it's like, no, I don't know. Uh, and, and like, that was just one aspect of the game where we were trying to puzzle together. What did all this actually mean that we sort of pieced together through the troubled man's notes and the mentors memoirs or whatever the heck they called them. Uh, let's go back to Niwa for a minute. The haunted hotel. Like I, the setting didn't do much for me. I thought like the haunted hotel was just kind of a trope. And aside from one interesting character that you meet at the beginning of the hotel, like that whole experience was kind of a waste for me. Did you guys like the haunted hotel aspect? Uh, I so, did because it was sorry no. for, for me. I did because it was in the first three, four hours of the game that you play there. So like up until the, the slogginess of that pool area that we were talking about it, it everything up to that point actually was pretty pretty enjoyable um in, in researching the story and like trying to make sense of what what i played I, I actually did find that that hotel is is based on a a hotel in poland so like they almost carbon copy cut like the what the the hotel looks like and, and put it in the game so I don't know if that's you know, why they chose that specific hotel. Maybe just because of the, the spookiness factor for that too. But um, oh, in in the in the end of the story, it makes more sense on why they end up at the hotel than the very beginning of the hotel. Yeah, I, the very beginning. Of the game. I think it was a good setup, but then it's just like, well, I'm just weaving through these areas, and then it's like it's an excuse to implement or to show you how a couple of the mechanics work, but. It, really all it was doing is I, okay, I have to use this ability to weave through this hallway to get to this other area and use this ability to get to this area. And I, I don't think that they played up any, like it, it was just, it was kind of empty really, which was kind of what the whole game sort of felt like. Like, I mean, really you only have what one or two antagonists that you bump into throughout the game that you actually like combat against to some extent. Um, which I think is a negative because otherwise you're just wandering through and trying to piece things together, which can be fun as long as it works. Um, so I don't know. None of that stuff like stood out to me as like, oh, this is really cool. Except for like the like the office area that I was talking about was one that I thought was a really interesting sort of <clears throat> conglomerations of puzzles and how it all came together and like the lore that you get there. Um, but then after that, it's just like, oh, okay, well, now I'm outside and I'm walking around here to get to this area. And so, yeah, I, 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 none of it was really super intriguing to me. Yeah, I expected some kind of payoff and it never really came. 
Another note I had on the setting was that uh, I just hated the art direction for the spirit world. I know you guys have different takes on it, and I'll let you speak in just a moment, but it was just like a generic hellscape to me, all brown and orange, and I just thought it was boring. Yeah, I mean, I could see how, how you would get that, because it, it, it was very bland, but um, you know, I, did, I didn't mind it as much as you. Like, I think the... Uh, I mean, I don't know what my vision of, of hell is or whatever that is, but, you know, it's, maybe a little more, more fire and, and less tentacles. Um, <laughs> but um, it, uh, for, for me, it really didn't bother me all that much. I, I'll agree, though, because, I mean, with you, Tom, because I there wasn't anything like super that jumped out to me as like, this looks really cool until you get like the last shot in like the end credit scene uh, where it's like, okay, that looks really interesting. What is that place kind of thing? Otherwise. Yeah. Like you said, it's just kind of this big sort of weird thing. I think some of the stuff you did when you were in that uh, hellscape was interesting. Uh, I do like kind of that while you're there, you have the, uh, I can't remember what they were called where you have to like, you move the stick until the scene comes together. And that's how you get sort of something that happened in the past in an area. Um, so it's not like the little echo things that were the little shards, but the other piece, um, I mean, I thought that was kind of interesting how they did that, but yeah, like even though I liked channeling my inner Bolton to cut these, you know, skin doors over open, like, I don't know, there's only so many times you can, you know, open up skin flaps and have fun. So, and apparently a hundred <laughs> times is too many. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll move from the setting to the main character. The player, the player you're controlling the most is a young woman named Marianne. She was raised as a foster child who has always been ostracized for her gifts. What were our thoughts on the character and her growth throughout the game? Yeah, I really liked Marianne. Um, overall, uh, I, so like I said before, at the beginning, you experience kind of this really personal kind of event that she has to go through and, and it's, it's, it's dramatic and you really kind of buy into her as a character and kind of really get to like her, I think in that very beginning, as well as seeing sort of the purpose and burden of her abilities that she has, uh, which I think was really cool. And it, and it was a really good hook to pull you into her as a character um, and as you go through the game, like they do some pretty good things with her to like continue to keep you bought into her as a character. Um, I really appreciated her dumb goober humor that came out at times with some of the, just the stupid things she would say that it was just delivered just well enough that I would just laugh. Um, like the one example I had is she's on that journey that takes half of the game to get the bolt cutters through the pool area and everything. <laughs> And um, she's like musing at one point that she's wandering through some doorway about bolt cutters. That sounds like the name of a spy, bolt cutters. And then she's like, as an aside to herself, she's like, or it sounds like the name of an actor in a not so good movie. Yeah, spy it is. <laughs> and it's just like, I just thought it was so funny in this like weird non sequitur that she had that I, I, I don't know, it really endeared me to her as a character. Um, I agree. but like, I, oh, I, go ahead. I agree that those moments were good, but, uh, it also highlighted that she's wandering around alone for most of the game. And so like, yes. there are little moments of levity where she was entertaining, but it was such an isolating experience for most of the game. 
Oh, uh, that's true. Um, and I think that's part of it is like, that's where she was. She was in the journey from like, you know, cause I mean, she's this orphan that's been re-orphaned and, and this is like her journey to sort of find out more about who she is or where, you know, like what her life came from kind of thing. Um, so I think that's maybe, that was maybe purposeful, but yes, it does feel hollow a lot of the time. Um, Oh, I will say, like, because you were talking about character progression, we learn about a lot about her. I really don't know from beginning to end that she really changes as a character at all. Um, like, that's one of the things I think that was maybe a downfall that as much as she experiences, it doesn't necessarily seem she learns a lot about like her history that she didn't know because she has amnesia or had amnesia. Um, but like, she doesn't ever change. I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't really seem, seem like she like develops in any sort of way. She's, she would have made the same decisions um, at the start of the game or at the, at the start of the game as she made at the end of the game. It feels like there wasn't really any character growth other than just learning her past. Well, it, the impression I get from the game is that while it took us nine hours to play through it, it was like an hour of her life. It's it's about right. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I you know I I thought she was a pretty good protagonist. She she reminded me a lot of Allison from from uh, Tell Me Why, uh, in the sense that you know like both of them were were orphans, both of them are struggling with inner demons, and I thought she actually looked a lot like the Allison from from Tell Me Why too. Um, but yeah, I agree with you on that, Joey. Is that the as a, as her know growth she did she she didn't really grow i don't think a whole lot like in the sense like you said uh where decision making i don't think anything really changes and then like power wise too like i wish she would have like i wish there would have been something like that in the game where as you're exploring and, and going through these different levels of of worlds and unlocking different aspects of her past that maybe she like developed some different power it would have just brought a little bit more excitement into the game um that's why like when you finally get to play as thomas and like you're like oh sweet a new guy and like everything basically stays the same it's just the <laughs> same kind of boring stuff um and like after a while it just became really really stale and like you know the, the narrative of the game and just the sheer will to try to finish the dang thing is really what just pushed me to you know keep playing um but you know if they would have given me something something different something to like try to build to that would have that would have been nice um like a, a skill tree or something would have would have been interesting you know every, everybody loves a good skill tree but <laughs> um, I, I think the developers just just missed an opportunity uh they could have taken the game to a completely different level if they if they chose to i was interested in marianne's struggle to live with her power i thought that was a really interesting uh, like setting for a character. I would have liked to learn more about how mediums work in the world. Like I felt like I never really understood the rules. Like her father was a medium. Apparently her mother was a medium. Um, but they just like, I don't know. They didn't explain a lot about it. She, mm -hmm. I thought she was fine as a main character, but I thought she paled in comparison to other female leads, especially uh, Jesse Faden in Control and Eloy in Horizon Zero Dawn. Just, I don't know. I thought she was fine. And now no, I can see that. 
And now, without trying to be overly negative, let's dive into the narrative of the story. We're going to avoid spoilers, uh, but let's talk about our impressions of the overall story arc. So, kind of like what I was saying before, I think the main thrust of the story is interesting. You know, it's an adult orphan who finds, you know, herself re-orphaned, and then you're kind of thrust into the world to explore your past for the most part. Like, that sounds really interesting. I just think they got lost along the way of trying to make that work, as well as just just way overcomplicating, like, any of the the backstory of Neva, the, like, her, like, family's backstory, like, everything. They just, like, well, let's throw in this complication and this complication to the point where, like, we've talked about before, we were just trying to piece it together and it made no sense. Uh, you know, and then that made it difficult when you meet some of these other characters because you're just like, okay, so, but like, what, why were they making these decisions that they made? Why was the one character doing this to the other character? Why is it just, it just got confusing. And then the more you learn about things, the more confusing the things that happened before in this, in like what you actually played was like, why did that happen that way then? Like, it's just weird. Ah, I, I, I think it was good in theory, not so great in execution. And Casey, your thoughts on the narrative? Um, I felt pretty much the same way. I said like earlier, you know, the narrative was really kind of the only thing that kept me moving forward in this game. But then after it was all done, it was just like, oh, that's it. Um, you know, it, it just ended up being a big kind of jumbled mess. And at the end, I was like my head was just filled with more questions than answers. And, you know, so much to the point where I actually had to go online and like, look up, like, <laughs> what is the story of the medium? So I could like kind of read through, like, all right, let me put the sequence of events in order. So it can actually make sense in my mind. And even then though, it's kind of funny. Like I went to three different websites in every, all three of the websites had different stories. So like, can't be a good thing when you, you have these people who that's their job to put information on the internet for reviewing games and things like that. And all three of them have different different stories of what the actual narrative of, of this game was, which kind of just tells you how confusing things were in the end. And like, well, we've spent, you beat this game two nights ago and you started the text chain by saying, uh, seriously, seriously, <laughs> And we both knew exactly what you're talking about. The ending, yep. the ending of this game is atrocious, uh, but yes. the whole storyline is just such a disjointed, tangled mess. Like we have literally spent the last two days texting each other, "What did this mean? How did this connect to this? Didn't well, this happened. Well, no, this happened in this other area." And it's just, oh my goodness, it was, it was really brutal. Like there were so there were a lot of different storylines, yeah. and it just nothing came together. And as a general yes. rule. Yeah. I'm fine with things being left to our interpretation. I think that some great stories can leave areas or ways for you to interpret it, but that's not the same thing as just not like telling us key information or telling us conflicting things or like it's it we you can't explain it as leaving things open to interpretation. It's just a disjointed mess. Well, and especially when other games that are like this that are more narrative driven and like like give you the option to make the choice at the end um but when like the end of the game is really just a cutscene that you're watching instead of actually playing it like 
like that also is kind of frustrating that like I've been I have been playing this through this point like let me have some ownership over the end of the game instead of just having to watch what plays out in Ghost Recon Wildlands, they did kind of a similar thing with the ending. Like, you're building up towards yes. this big bad the whole time, and then, like, you get to the very ending, and it's just a cutscene, and then the game is over. Kind of a similar thing as what happened here, but I was so much more satisfied with that ending because it was, like, a conclusive narrative as opposed to what happened here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would say anything about being satisfied with the ending of Ghost Recon Wildlands because that was... You build up to fight this guy, and then it just doesn't happen. You know, and that was infuriating to me as well. But, um, yeah, I just don't get it. Like, I expected I was going to be able to make a choice, and then I have to live with that choice. And that's player agency. Like, that means, like, I interacted with this game and made it something. But instead, it's just, okay, you did all this work here. Let us take this over. We're the developers. This is the story we want to tell you. And it's like... And, well, and then if you're going to do that, fucking tell me a story. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's that too. Um, so, yeah, it, like my text to you um, was maybe a, a little less exclamatory, but it, I think it was verbatim. Man, I don't know what I think about that ending. And I had a very strong take <laughs> on what I thought like, about it. Yeah, yeah it, it's just I, like I, I get wanting to you know, let the player sort of think, okay, I think this is what happened. But uh, the, the execution of it then just didn't pay off for me. Agreed. And we've been uh, what's very... Funny for... oh. Go ahead, Case. All right. Uh, one more thought. Like, what's funny for me, I actually didn't mind the ending as much as you guys did. <laughs> what, what, what really made me mad is the more that I just thought about, like, how the sequence of events to build up to that, like, what a mess everything was, like... How many, how many untied, like, stories that you kind of end up with? You know, like, there's no resolution to some of the things that you explored early on. In the, or that if you thought there was a resolution to it, it didn't make sense in the timeline. So everything was just, like, completely, like, messed up. And I'm like, oh. And then that, that ending on top of it, and I was like, well, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, okay, I can live with that. But then, like, just to have that, yeah, with everything else, you're like, oh, that was 10 hours of my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, never getting that back. We've been really critical of the narrative in this game, and I hated pretty much all yeah. the characters except for Marianne and a character named Sadness. Um, but overall, I did want to see what happened next. Like somehow, the game kept me wanting to like slog through to get to the end of the stories. Like all as all over the place as it was, and as many loose hanging stories as there were, I did I did want to see what happened next. And boy, did I hate the ending. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I think that that was my sort of perspective and feelings towards it to a T. And uh, the ending, I want to compare it to Empire Strikes Back because I've always been critical of Empire Strikes Back for just like ending in the middle of a scene. It's like they load Han on the ship and everyone's like looking out the window and they're like, oh, movie's over. I'm like, what the fuck heck just happened? That's not an ending. <laughs> That's the middle of a scene. Did they run out of film? <laughs> Um, a spo spoiler alert for a movie that came out in 1980. Um, sorry, continue. <laughs> uh, that was the end of that train of thought for me. So it's been a very critical discussion. What are our closing thoughts and takeaways? Casey, you want to start us off here? Uh, sure. I mean, 
overall, as frustrating as it was, it still had some some good points for me. It still had some things that made it enjoyable, especially the beginning stages of the game. Uh, in the end, it was just too long, too discombobulated. Stories didn't end up making sense. Some of the boards were just unnecessarily not even frustrating. Frustrating is not even the right word. I mean, frustrating is is part of it, but just unnecessarily tedious. Like, where they just make you do the same stuff over and over and over again, and there's no payoff in the end for what you just had to go through. Um, so that that's that's my frustration with with this overall, is, is, is that aspect of it being too long, but then, yeah, in the end, just, like, not having really any finality, and then a, a story that you just played through for such a long time. So um, I, I would rate it, I think, about a six for the gameplay itself, eight-ish for the narrative, which I think is pretty generous. And I'd give it about a seven, a seven overall. <laughs> uh, something just occurred to me while you were talking, like none of the three of us are used to like playing a game on a deadline. And like, I think this game has done a disservice trying to finish it by X date. So like, if we had taken a more leisurely stroll, if our sessions had been an hour at a time as opposed to multi-hour sessions, maybe I would have found this game more enjoyable. Joey, you're shaking your head. I don't. I don't. I actually don't think so. If, to be honest, by a certain point in the game, I don't. I don't think it actually would have changed the way I was playing it because. Basically, every time I stopped playing, well, except for the first time when my batteries died in my controller. And then, like, and I was actually hooked at that point. I was like, I want to play more. I want to see what's happening. Uh, but after that, every time I was like, I'm ready to be done with this game for a while. Um, and and then it was like, I would be thinking about it a little bit. And I was just like, okay, so I really wonder where this is going. Um, and so I don't know that that necessarily weighed on me as much. Um I don't know if I would have finished it if I didn't have to play it for this, though. Um, just with the other things I'm playing right now, I think I would have been more persuaded to just jump into something else and be that would have been on the pile of, oh, I'll get back to the medium at some point. Um, that being said, though, like if you have Game Pass, I'd still recommend you try playing it. That's the same pile that has Red Dead Redemption 2 and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and uh, some other pretty noteworthy titles in it. Too. So that's, that's not a horrible place to be. Well, I guess you could say that um, there it would be higher. It, I probably would have picked it up sooner just because I knew it would be shorter <laughs> than those other experiences. But uh, and it has more story than Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm kidding. I'm just saying that to inflame people. Um, yeah, I don't know. if someone has Game Pass, I'd recommend you try it and see if it pulls you in. Um, just. Be warned that it's probably going to disappoint you in the end, um, but it's still an interesting enough ride. I think seven is probably the place where it deserves from like a 10 point scale. Um, it just a game like this makes me really appreciate. And, and I'm a huge fan of like Detroit become human and heavy rain, but it really makes me appreciate how like good like David Cage is. And that developer is at, having all of these threads in a narrative and sure it's maybe a little heavy handed or ham fisted at times, but they can pull it together and have it all make sense and all sort of be worthwhile and have really good pacing for the, for the most part of scenes and you're doing action and then you're learning things about the world. And like, that's a talent that's not 
easy to emulate. And I and like I, I I can perfectly admit, like I'm throwing stones at Bloober team and I don't have anything to back up. Hey, look what I did. I can do this, you know. So I get that. It's also kind of sad that this is the only launch lineup game exclusive to the Xbox Series X and Series S. Um and when you compare that to Miles Morales, Demon Souls, Astro's Playroom on PlayStation Five, and Sackboy, like granted, Sackboy. I know, and Sackboy, I haven't played it yet. I, I need to, I need to take that from you at some point. Um, if you have it on disc, oh no, you probably got it from the library or something like that. But anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a whole other point. Um, but and granted, you know, there's a huge hole called Halo Infinite that dropped out of their launch lineup, so I get that. It's just it's unfortunate because like if Bloober team like if this would have been like that for them like this could have been huge for them. Um, and granted, they're still going to be succeed. I don't think this is the end of their them as a developer. Like they they're good at what they do. A lot of people love Blair Witch, um, and I'm sure they'll like their next horror game. It's just I really wish this would have paid off in the end. This has been a pretty hard discussion for me because despite my reputation and my somewhat bombastic persona, like I do not enjoy crapping on anyone's work. I acknowledge that Bloober Team took a big swing here. This was an ambitious game. Uh, for me, I would have just enjoyed a more cohesive or polished story, but there was some creepy fun and some satisfying puzzles. I'd personally give the medium about a 6.75 out of 10, but I would be interested in seeing what the team does next and how they build on this experience. If there's a sequel, I will probably maybe check it out if it's on game pass <laughs> well guys thank you so much for joining us here today that's going to do it for our discussion on the medium thank you so much for listening to oio new game plus if you like the standalone segment of outside is overrated please support oio on patreon at patreon.com oio we'll be back next month to talk about either bravely default 2 or hitman 3 you no know, one or the other until then stay inside kids <laughs>